Okay, Joel, before we get into Firing Squad, I have one quick question. Yeah? Would you say that most companies find it hard to attract the right candidates to apply for their jobs? Uh, well, jobs to careers certainly thought so. Huh. That's why they created their new talent attraction platform, ODT. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> Dude, like, that's OPP. This is uh, ODT, which stands for on-demand talent, where yeah. data-driven talent attraction is made easy. The on-demand talent platform enables recruiters to reach the right talent at the right time at the right price. And the best part? What? You only pay for what Jobs to Careers delivers. No. So if you're attracting the wrong candidates mm -hmm. or you feel like you're on a recruiting hamster wheel, just go to go.j2c.com slash cc and learn how on-demand talent or ODT, yeah, you know me, can get you better candidates for less money. Ooh, I'd say you just go to chadcheese.com. Click on the Jobs to Careers logo there, and it's just that simple. It is simple. Arm me with harmony. Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. All right, all right, all right. What's up, everybody? Joel Cheeseman here. Chad Sowash, I think, on the other line. And uh, welcome to Firing Squad. Here we are. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Teg Greninger. I believe I pronounced that last name correctly. Butchered it. Teg is with Uncommon.co, uh, utilizing a lot of AI automation, cool stuff. He's going to tell us more about it, and Chad and I are going to determine whether or not he is going to pass the firing squad without injury. Chad, how are you doing, man? My, my, my trigger finger is itchy, dude. I know. We talked about that. And I'm a little drunk still from Ireland, so <laughs> the guns could go off today. I don't know. Well, excellent. So, Teg, uh, you would, so what's your position there at Uncommon.co? You chief bottle washer? What's going on? Quick intro. Yeah, I am chief bottle washer, um, but I'm also chief executive officer. Very nice. Very nice. So here's, here's how, here's how it's going to go. My friend, um, you will have a two minute pitch and at the end of two minutes, you'll hear the bell. Then Joel and I are going to hit you with some rapid Q and a. Now, if your answers aren't concise, Joel's either going to hit you with a bell or the crickets, whatever he feels like he wants to hit you with. I prefer the crickets because yeah. I'm natural <laughs> like that, but they generally put him to sleep. At the end of Q and A, you're gonna. We've got a three point scoring system here, my friend. Uh, you will either receive big applause, which means you exceeded expectations, the golf clap, <laughs> my favorite. Uh, you're you're on your way, but you have a good amount of work to do. And then, last but not least, you don't want to be in front of the firing squad. That pretty much means Ouch. that pretty much means you're going to pack your shit up and go home. Um, but that's it. That's the firing squad. You're going to hear the bell. You're going to start the pitch. Joel, it's on you, man. Teg, are you ready? I am totally ready. Two minutes starts now. All right. Thank you guys so much for having us on. So I want to tell you about Uncommon. Uncommon is a programmatic talent marketplace that makes it really easy for recruiters 
and hiring managers to use and benefit from programmatic recruiting technology. But no mistake, this is not a job advertising system. This is not complicated. Uncommon doesn't require any training. It's designed to be simple and intuitive for everyone to use. With Uncommon, recruiters can imagine the perfect candidate for their position, write down the precise qualifications that meet or exceed the, sorry, the, the precise qualifications that they should have, and then sit back and receive a stream of applicants, interested applicants that meet or exceed those qualifications. It's very simple, and we think it's the way things should be. So put yourselves in the shoes of a recruiter who needs to source candidates. I know we've all been there. And today you have two choices. One, you can advertise the job on a bunch of job boards, in which case you have to, first of all, figure out which ones to advertise on. Then you have to pay them, usually on a CPC basis. And when you sit back, you get a flood of candidates who are very interested in your position, but mostly unqualified as well. And then you have to spend your time screening them to figure out who are the good ones. Or number two, you can go license an expensive database of passive candidates and write down some complicated Boolean search string, in which case you get a bunch of candidates who are very qualified for your position, but not interested. So you have to spend your time, of course, trying to convince them that they need a new job in the first place and that they should be interested in your job at your company. So we at Uncommon are changing all that. We provide recruiters with a stream of candidates who are both interested and qualified out of the gate. And we show you, this is my favorite part, in a side-by-side -side comparison, exactly how each of those candidates stacks up against the required qualifications that you ask for. It's like a dream come true. Um, and best of all, Uncommon has introduced a new pricing model. We charge employers on a cost per interested and qualified applicant basis. In other words, you only pay for the interested candidates that meet or exceed those custom qualifications that you wrote down initially. This means that we're totally aligned with a recruiter's best interests. Make sense? Makes sense. Are you done? Awesome. We're transforming the okay. So uncommon.co. I'll tell I'll tell everybody for you. Okay. Uncommon.co. Yeah, no, good call, right, man. You. you got uh in two minutes. I think we're giving them way too much time because they're just killing us. A little nervous. Yeah. A little nervous oh, I, it, I think. I love it. I love it. He's listened to the firing squad before. <laughs> I don't know why with that firing squad out there in front of me. So so where where the hell are you finding qualified candidates? You're going out from a programmatic standpoint, pushing jobs out, and how does it work from there? Just for for the talent acquisition VP or, or director or manager or whatever who's listening right now, how does how does that actually work for me? So I, I don't want to focus on it too much when I talk to recruiters, but of course we do have AI and data science at the core of everything we do. That's my background, um, you guys might know already. So the last company um, that I built together with our founder, Amir Ashkenazi, um, was an advertising marketplace, a programmatic advertising marketplace. Um, and we heavily leveraged AI and machine learning there as well. Um, so we basically are using those technologies to do the things that recruiters would have to do themselves if we weren't around and that they have to do today without Uncommon. So we figure out which job boards to post on. Um, mm -hmm. We figure out as the candidates come in, as the applicants come in, which ones are actually meeting your requirements and why. Show you side by side. Mm -hmm. um, and we also go to other sources of candidates. We have um, increasingly our own growing database of candidates, as you can imagine, people that, that we're looping in and engaging um, over time. So we uh, reach out to them and ask if they're interested, the ones that are qualified. Um, and we hit third party uh, passive databases as well. But the whole point is that the recruiter shouldn't have to know about all that. That's like mechanical stuff that machines can be really good at. Mm -hmm. The recruiter should just focus on what kind of candidate they want to talk to. 
Um, and then, you know, let us know about that. And we should do all that hard work for them, whether it's looking in passive databases or screening through the active ones, whatever it is. So it sounds a lot like ZipRecruiter. How do you differentiate yourself from ZipRecruiter? Good point. ZipRecruiter is a great company. And I think they've uh, obviously experienced tremendous success and growth recently. Um, there, there are some really big differences. Um, first of all, ZipRecruiter doesn't ask you in a precise way what kind of candidates you want to look for. So when you sign up with ZipRecruiter, um, you know, you specify, you list the job that you're looking for and you write some text in your job description, but you don't actually tell them who you would consider to be qualified. And so when they send you candidates, it's generally everybody, they sort them for you, but they generally are sending you all stripes of candidates, um, people that you consider qualified and lots of people that you don't. Um, second of all, I think ZipRecruiter has really focused, and I think these two are actually related. I think ZipRecruiter has really focused on uh, historically on the small and medium-sized mm -hmm. uh, market. They've generally been serving um, kind of small mom and pop and other kind of local businesses with lower skilled jobs. Um, and um, we're really, you know, we serve those guys, of course, um, but we're really focused on skilled jobs. Um, and we built a system that's, you know, you know, filled with uh, pretty sophisticated models of skills and experience in different kinds of roles and different kinds of companies and all that kind of stuff. And that's just stuff that ZipRecruiter hasn't done yet, mostly because they haven't really had to, like be, for the kind of customers that they've been serving. So you're mainly enterprise is what I'm hearing then. Yes, I would say that um, we are currently our, our customers are largely are mostly kind of large enterprise, although we also work with many staffing agencies as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, typically I think we do best on those high skill, uh, jobs that are, you know, in a range of verticals, but still, yeah, where there's really a, a heavy screening task, um, that otherwise a human would have to do. Hey tech, I'm going to go the other direction, uh, from ZipRecruiter and I have the luxury of doing a report on you guys. Uh, we've talked previously and, uh, I think there's a serious Intello kind of component where you guys have 50 million, or at least when we spoke, there were 50 million or so profiles, I believe. Um, yes. how are you different from an Intello, a hiring solved, uh, from that side of the side of the side of the product? Uh, I think I lost you for a minute, but I think you're asking how we're similar or different from Intello, hiring solved, JobJet, those kind of guys, right? Yes. Yeah. So in my opinion, they're solving part of the problem. Um, but they're focused so heavily on finding passive candidates in these big databases, and they're not activating those candidates for you. They may give you some tools, and you know maybe you guys know differently. Maybe there's some who are doing a great job with this. But um, what I've seen is that you then get an opportunity to reach out to these people, but it's still left to the recruiter to try to go and um, turn them into interested applicants um, from, you know, they, they may be qualified. It's easy to find qualified people in those databases, but there's still a lot of work to be done to kind of reach out to them, often to have some kind of, you know, pipeline or some kind of, um, you know, increasingly we're talking about CRM, you know, for, for job seekers and so on. Um, and we believe that, again, recruiters shouldn't have to do all that. That's something that we should do. Um, and that we can go and leverage those databases. And, you know, we have partnerships with databases that are similar to some of the guys you mentioned. Um, but then, but, but all that work of trying to engage those uh, candidates, that's something that we're doing for the recruiter and the hiring manager. So there's a marketing aspect that uh, a, a Brylant or hiring solved or what have you does not have that you're saying that uh, Uncommon does. Exactly. So to come back to my pitch at the beginning, the candidates you know, have to be interested and qualified. What does every recruiter want? They want a list of interested and qualified candidates. In other words, people that have already said they're interested in the job and they know meet the basic qualifications that they're ready to then show, show to their hiring manager. 
Um, and if you're going to go use a uh, big database, you're going to have to go turn all of those qualified candidates into interested ones and get them to actually apply, indicate their interest. And Or the other way around, if you're going to go and collect all the stuff coming in from job boards, you're going to take all these interested people and figure out who's qualified. So uh, again, we think that that's something that is very automatable and we provide a beautiful system that al allows recruiters to do just that in an automated way. So there are some big companies getting into the AI space, as you well know, a little company named Google. Do you guys think that you can out AI Google knowing that they've turned their guns on the recruiting space? Oh, I love that question. Uh, so uh, for, for reference, um, in my last uh, company, Adapt TV, mm -hmm. um, we that it was a video. We we were building an, a video ad, uh, programmatic video ad marketplace, and Google had just bought two amazing companies when we started our company. They had just bought YouTube, which meant that they were basically the king of online video, and they had just bought DoubleClick, which um, those of you may remember um, was the mm -hmm. premier or the largest uh, ad marketplace. And we just thought, okay, this is it. Like. They're going to eat our lunch. Like, why are we even doing this? And it turned out that um, Google moves very steadily. They're very smart. They move very steadily, but they also move very slowly and typically predictably. Um, and they do things in a very Googly way. And over the years that we built Adapt TV, we actually ended up partnering with them a lot more than competing with them. And they didn't, in the end, I think, have a negative impact on our success. Um, now, who knows what's going to happen here? I, I can't know what's going to happen in the future, but I see the moves that Google is making just like you do. I have a very similar view on it. I think that they are disintermediating, essentially, um, the big job search engines. We don't, I don't need to name them, but you can name them. And we do weekly. Um, and um, that that is a, a landscape that we're now going to have to live in. Um, and fortunately, with our strategy at the moment, this is uh, honestly at the moment just uh, kind of lucky, but uh, we're not going head on for them. In fact, we can benefit from a world where uh, Google does a great job with job search because we work for the employer typically. Uh, we sit between the employer and the job seeker and help make that application and screening process great. Um, and um, we can keep doing that because the employer wants to keep doing that, even if Google is the one that's providing job search. Tig, I'm really curious about your pricing model. Um, I believe you call it pay-per-interested candidate. Is that correct? CPIQ. Hey, thank you. Yeah, tell me, tell us about that. Expand on that for a minute. <laughs> yeah, so cost per interested and qualified, we invented that term. Um, what we've seen so far is that the world is generally uh, operating on a CPC basis, and that's itself sort of an innovation over the old listing fees that we had for the last decade or two. Um, but I, we think CPC is wrong. And the reason why CPC is wrong, uh, it's wrong for the customer, it's wrong for the recruiter, um, because uh, when the large job boards are billing you CPC, their incentive, their motivation, of course, um, is to send you more clicks. And more clicks doesn't mean more qualified clicks. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, so what we see is that, that that actually it's a sad thing because if you think about the way job, uh, you know, jo you know, job matching has worked forever, it t typically starts with an employer listing a job and, a, and an applicant uh, indicating mm -hmm. their interest. It doesn't have to be, but that's historically how it's been for most of history. And um and basically, employers have lost faith in the job boards. They've lost faith in that active um, candidate channel because the quality has gotten so low. So we don't believe that has to be the case. We actually see a lot of good candidates coming through the active channel. 
Um, but they need to be, uh, they, there needs to be a level of automatic qualification put in between so that the employer is not just overloaded with these people who are spraying and praying for their job search. And is this different than cost per acquisition, just to be clear? I think that it is uh, very much because it's cost per qualified applicant, right? So it's, uh, or, you know, cost, cost to acquire someone qualified. So we're running the automatic screening with the side-by-side -side comparison. We're doing that for every candidate. What's really cool, guys, is that it can benefit not just the employer, it can actually benefit the job seeker. And we're already doing a little bit of this and we hope to do a lot more of it in the future, but we can actually show the job seeker as they're coming in, as they're indicating interest in the job, as they're applying for the job and so on, we can show them where they stand. Mm -hmm. um, and not in some kind of fuzzy way, like you're in the top 10% of candidates for this position, which you can see on certain, um, you know, like LinkedIn and so on. But that, that's always been kind of nebulous to me. Like, well, what does that mean? You know, like, am I, am I gonna get a call back or not? Am I qualified or not? Like we actually can tell you, show you the same side-by-side -side thing that we show to the employer. We can show you, hey, here's where you stand relative to the things that this employer, this hiring manager has said is important to them. Wouldn't you love to know, right? And if you can see that you're clearly falling short, there's things you can do. Maybe you forgot to put stuff in your profile on your resume, or maybe you want to go back and get a little training, right? I mean, I, I've been talking to a lot of people recently who are taking courses at, you know, like General Assembly or, you know, boot camps or online courses. And these things can really help people backfill missing positions if they have a particular job that they're going for. And we're, our service, because we're automating and, and creating this transparent and automated view of the qualification of the candidate for the position, we actually have the power to be able to do that and to help the job seeker in that way. And I, I don't see anyone else right now who can do that. So on the CPIQ side of the house, you're, you're talking about interested. Well, yeah, they, they applied, so therefore they're interested. So you check that box and qualified, you pretty much have a, have an arrangement with the employer that say, Hey, look, these are your requirements. If they meet these requirements, then they are qualified. So therefore that's when you go ahead and that's when we bill you for that candidate. Is that how it works? So, yeah, very good. Thank you for asking me to qualify, Chad. Um, that's exactly right. Joel saw a demo of it earlier, and I wish I could demo on, on the air, but of course that doesn't work so well on a podcast. Um, but but yeah, basically, um, you know, there, there are other pricing models you can imagine. Like obviously, you know, you can go all the way to the, you know, to the hire and have a success fee, um, and then you look like a contingency agency or, you know, whatever. But um, it, 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 we're trying to find a happy medium of something that we can do really well, like a Right. Like a, a metric that we can optimize to or a goal that, you know, our system can be trained to optimize to that is also totally aligned in the interest of the employer. And uh -huh. so we we have found that what works really well for us is that when the employer is rigorous and writes down what they're looking for, and that's part of our process, it does take an extra minute up front where you've got to think actually instead of just writing a job description and copying and pasting a bunch of requirements, you've got to actually think and write down the requirements you're looking for. Um, and, 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 and once you've done that, when we find people that meet them, that's when you pay. You pay $9.95, by the way, just to be very clear. That's our introductory pricing. We can actually have a whole cool discussion about the future of pricing. I believe that in, in general, it should actually be dynamic, not static, but we're starting to keep things really simple with a $9.95 per interested and qualified candidates. This is someone you can talk to and who meets all right. of your custom requirements. But that means that you do have to think in the beginning, what, you know, sort of like visioning your future. Like you need to sit down and think, what is it that I want to, who do I want to talk to? What do I want to receive before you start the process? Because then you are going to pay, yes. So on the partner side, following up, you're talking about Google. So how how specifically, and I see it on, on, on uncommon.co, you're partnering with two big names, Google and Amazon. How are you partnering with them? 
So I believe that they're actually listed as uh, customers on our uh, website, not as partners right now, just to be super clear. Um, but actually to talk about today how we are, so, so Amazon uses us. Wait, 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 why? <laughs> it was gave it to me. Oh, okay, all right. Well, go, you know, go. Let's make sure the website's clear. But <laughs> no, yeah, they're, they're customers. The, but the anyway, website. So wait, wait. First off, the website says Joel, dumbass brands we've proudly partnered with. Ah, uh, you're right. Oh, I, I know. I, I know. I'm right. Tag. <laughs> Chad is yeah. rarely right for the record. All right, these are our customers. <laughs> Okay, just to be clear, so everyone knows there are customers. So you've got some, you've got some pretty big name customers. But you did say earlier that with an earlier venture, you partnered with Google. Are you partnering with big companies now, like the Googles and the Amazons? Google for jobs to be able to fill out your product offer. Okay, so the answer is is yes. Um, I don't have any to announce, but you guys would be definitely on the short list if we, if and when we have some cool announcements to share. Um, but, um, let me, let me give, well, there's a very obvious way to work with Google right now, which, which is that we're, you know, we, we are building a product that, um, is starting on the, on the recruiter side, the employer side. And so we're very happy to, uh, have all of our customers positioned listed on Google and we're actually getting a nice, healthy, you can call it SEO or whatever you want to call it, but a nice flow of candidates now from Google for jobs. So that works very well for us. Um, but if you want to think just kind of more generic terms about some of the, um, let's say, incumbent job boards from the decade past, um, they there is a great opportunity, without naming any names, um, for us to white label um, or otherwise provide technology to them so that they can start to operate. Um, instead of on a CPC, they can start to um, test out this new CPIQ model. With, on both sides, potentially with their, um, you know, with their job seekers and with their um, their employer relationships, and the reason why they might want to do that um, is that they see that um, that they see the writing on the wall, uh, like we do, um, that um, Google is going to really eat up a, a big part mm -hmm. of their value proposition, and that the old CPC model for just kind of getting search clicks um, isn't going to sustain them forever. So they're quite interested in exploring. Um, partnerships with uh, innovative technology companies like ourselves. And, and by the way, if for any of those people who are out there listening, um, yeah, we do have a very cool, uh, some very cool partnership opportunities. If you are a job board or a job site, um, we can um, uh, take the, the, the very uh, sophisticated and, and I think very innovative technology that we have inside and white label it and, and make it available for people to create their own offerings. And that's something that we're very Always happy to be selling about. tag, always be selling. Closing. Chad, ABC. Chad, be yeah, that too. Chad and I have, have been around <laughs> quite a while in this industry. And the, the companies that kind of come and go um, are, are typically ones where there's very little sort of core competency or experience in the employment space. And I, if, if, I'm, if I'm incorrect, let me know. But it sounds like you guys are from a totally different world than recruitment. So what do you think, uh, if that's the case, is that an advantage, a disadvantage? Talk about that. Uh, well, first, I'm going to say it's an advantage, but I also want to have enough humility to say that, you know, I, I hear you and there's a lot that I don't know and I am learning every day. So, yeah, I'm definitely coming from outside of recruiting. I never worked at a job board or an ATS. Um, and every day is, is about learning uh, for me uh, in our company. We do, of course, have a lot of people now working for us who have bring some pretty deep experience in our industry. Um, so, for example, our our uh, significant people on our data science team 
I've actually come from uh, recruiting uh, other uh, very exciting kind of recruiting uh, tech companies of uh, days past. Um, but, um, you know, so I'll tell you the, the advantages. So the disadvantages, I have to learn everything and every day is a new day. The advantage um, is that, that there, um, there is actually a tremendous amount of experience um, that I think we can bring from our experience, our time in online advertising. So online advertising went through a programmatic revolution while we were building and running Adapt TV. And basically, when we started, there was no such thing as programmatic. And by the end, it was programmatic was the lion's share of the digital spend. People decided that it made a lot more sense to spend their uh, money with data. Uh, actually cherry picking, understanding who the, mm -hmm. the audience was and the users were and cherry picking and advertising to the people who actually were interested in their products. And they found that that created a lot of value um, and of course needed a lot of technology. You need to be, be able to represent these huge you know, data sets of users and you needed to be able to make decisions very quickly in an automated way. Um, but you know, we built all that stuff over uh, several years and, and that was you know, incredibly rewarding and created a lot of value. And I think recruiting's going through the same thing now. It's just in the very early days, um, but we are, um, you know, employers can benefit tremendously. I mean, I don't have to tell you guys this, but from more deeply understanding, I mean, imagine, putting an ad out there and having no idea who you were showing it to, like that would be silly. That's like 200 year old advertising, you know, uh, technology, but it's the same thing. It's like recruiting today is listing job, you know, show job boards are showing jobs to candidates where they have no idea whether that candidate uh, is qualified for that job is interested in that job. Um, it doesn't make sense. Instead, we have tons of data about these candidates. Let's use it as they come in and let's um, you know do the use it to 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 show them the right jobs and to then show the right candidates to the employers. It just makes sense. So on the other side, you guys actually state uh, that you leverage our transparent and objective analysis of qualifications to increase diversity and reduce bias. I mean, how how does your system? Because you have all this data. And this is about obviously how, how you're dealing on the recruiter side of, of things. How do you boost diversity? I love this, uh, this question because it is one of the reasons that um, I think uh, many of us in the company get up and come to work every day. If you think about how uh, recruiters and hiring managers make decisions today, it's very manual. Uh, typically, it involves reading or reviewing a whole lot of resumes um, and profiles and um, you know, we've all been there. It's very hard to make those decisions. You're going to spend, you know, maybe 30 seconds, maybe a few minutes looking at a resume if it's really interesting. And you're kind of trying to make that, it feels like a gut decision, like for a lot of us when we're doing it manually. It's sort of like, yeah, this guy doesn't really have what I asked for, you know, but um, on the other hand, like, boy, I really like that company or that school that he worked at. And wow, that project, you know, sounds really, that's something I worked on, something like that, or I understand you know, people like this or, you know, whatever it is. And, and we're using gut, we're, we're doing gut decision-making basically. And, and we all know that that can be, that can be very good, productive in certain domains, but it also does, of course, it's filled with implicit bias. Even if we're trying not to be biased, we are. And so by giving some of those early decisions about the level of qualifications of a candidate over to a machine who's going to like rigorously just, you know, follow, like do the most dry and boring comparison, you know, cut and dried comparison possible. Um, we do remove that really big, you know, uh, factor that introduces bias at the beginning of the process. Now we can't remove bias from the whole process, of course not, but, but we can at least have 
um, you know, a positive impact um, in that screening process. Um, so that, that's that's one of the things that one of the one of the benefits I think that we provide over and above, obviously, you know, it being cheaper and faster. So you're you're really removing kind of like the face of the candidate per se to, and just trying to boil it down to do they meet the qualifications? The big question is, and this is the hard part, and, and I think this is what you actually talked in, into was what if the, the requirements are actually biased themselves? Yeah, no, that's a real that's a real. Well, one of the fun things about getting in the being in the position we're in. Um, is that we are defining the language that employers and candidates are using. I mean, we're asking our customers and it's mostly coming from them, but we also get some editorial say and like, what kind of requirements do we put in there? So, you know, for example, um, we and we've been very judicious about choosing the kinds of requirements you're even able to put into the system today. So I don't have an age requirement, for example, um, because uh, or a nationality requirement, or obviously a gender requirement. You can't put those things in as requirements. Um, and I've had people have really asked me for age uh, over and over again, and, and we have not done it. Um, and the reason is, you know, I myself am uh, 46 years old, so I'm getting up in the years. And if I wanted to go get, you know, a software, you know, engineer position or any other kind of like, you know, contributor position, I'd have a lot of hiring managers who start to look at me and say, well, he's kind of an old guy. Like, I, I'm not sure I really want to hire him. Um, and so I've had a lot of hiring managers come to me and say, Hey, can I put a limit, like an upper limit on the years of experience or the, the level of seniority? And, um, that, uh, in general, we have not done. We do of course have a lower limit on years of experience and level of seniority. Um, but you know, the upper limit I think is prone to, to be abused and we can handle, and I'm like, why, why do you want to not hire someone more senior? Like, wouldn't they be more experienced? And then you kind of dig into it and they're like, well, I'm afraid, you know, because they're so senior that they won't like the job or their salary expectations are going to be too high or whatever. Um, and so we're going to try to address those things separately, kind of in a more specific way, but not just like, hey, let's discriminate against people that have a lot of uh, years of experience. So that's just one that I happen you know, to, to, to relate to. But obviously, we're doing the same thing across the line with kind of cultural and ethnic background and you know, sexual orientation and, you know, gender and like all this kind of stuff. So, you know, we keep those things out of the qualifications and we keep the qualifications really kind of dry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to, I got to pull the plug on this diversity stuff and compliance. Chad loves it. But I, I've had enough. Um, Everybody loves it, but Joel. Yeah. Teg, uh, last question for me. You guys have recently raised a lot of money. Tell us, tell us about that, and then tell us what are you planning on doing with the uh, the fundage. Well, uh, so we raised eighteen million dollars of Series A uh, from uh, three different investors, actually. So we have, Ooh. yeah, we have uh, Spark uh, Capital, we have Canaan uh, uh, Partners, um, and we also have Zev Ventures. Um, they, some of these, some of these guys uh, actually invested in our last company, so um, they're folks we've had a good relationship in a long time. We, uh, you know, we're not going to do anything mysterious with that money. It's very simple. We're going to continue to develop our product and to market our product. So both of those things cost money. We have an incredible uh, engineering and data science team. I'm I'm super proud of. Um, so we're going to uh, continue to uh, you know f- fund them and grow that team. And, uh, and then of course we're going to invest in sales and, you know, you guys know about that as well, but you know, you, you, you got to get in front of all these, uh, recruiters, especially in the enterprise and the large agency, uh, staffing agency space. We got to have people to help uh, connect to those agencies. And, yeah. um, so that's another area of investment. How refreshing that you said salespeople. I didn't actually say the word <laughs> salespeople, but yes, we're going to yes. salespeople. <laughs> all right. Uh, Chad, I'm ready to, to, 
Send my card in. How about you? I am. I'll go first if that's okay. Okay. I'm waiting with bated breath. <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> uh, man, this this product is, I mean, it's so in-depth. It's hard to have a 30-minute firing squad and really understand what's going on. I mean, you're you're pulling in programmatic components. You're pulling in sourcing components and automation. Um, your pricing model is very interesting, although I, I'm, I'm assuming that most of your prospects will find it very tough to understand. Uh, pay-per-click, for example, was very challenging at first for people to understand. I think this is in, in the same vein, but you're pulling in so many components to this product. Um, I love that you guys have a great past of success. Um, I actually like that you, you're you not from the recruiting sector. You're from the sort of marketing advertising sector. Um, so for me, you guys definitely get a rising applause. And, and I'm really excited to see where this goes in the next 12 months. And hopefully we can get you back on and see where it's gone. But but you're throwing so many ingredients um, that, I, that I hope it works out for Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Uh, now it's my turn. Your turn. Trigger finger. Okay, so... <laughs> Take. I have to say, there's no question. I I don't quite agree 100 on the CPIQ side of the house that Joel's saying it's going to be hard for employers. I think the last part that you just went over talking about marketing and especially to advertising agencies, they'll eat this up. They might not like your price point right out of the gate, but they will eat this up. It's different. It's something they can understand, and it's something that they can measure, right? Because yeah. you are giving them exactly interested and qualified. You tell me what qualified looks like. We're going to give you exactly what that looks like. And then guess what? You're going to pay us for that. So I think from my standpoint, it's incredibly simple. What I love is that you are using a programmatic outreach. And again, I mean, we see some other platforms doing this too. The programmatic outreach and also the AI piece, which to be quite frank, is going to kill sourcers and it's going to rejuvenate and really reclassify what a recruiter does in the long run. But uh, I think this is definitely what a platform of the future looks like. And it doesn't hurt that you just got $18 million. So from my standpoint, it's definitely a big, big applause as well. Hey, awesome. Thank you, Ted. All right. Congratulations, Thanks. Ted. Thank you both. What do you have to say for yourself? I'm delighted. You guys are believers. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we good we, deal. Well, where uh, you have a 14 day trial, I wanted to put that out there. Um, where can listeners find out more about uncommon.co? And we have a 14 day free trial. And what's amazing about that, it's actually too generous. You should we'll have to rein it in at some <laughs> point, but you can list as many positions as you want. Let's say you had 10 or 100 open positions right now. If you want to go through and get those listed in your 14 days, you can get a lot of qualified candidates. For free. Holy shit, Tag. You're going to have to stop that quick. You're going to have to make it seven days. Yeah. <laughs> Chad's a real uh, stickler for free stuff. He doesn't like it very, very much. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, Tag, appreciate it. Uh, good luck to you and uh, success. Congratulations on surviving the firing squad. Good stuff. Awesome. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Chad. This has been the Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Chief podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face the Firing Squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. 
We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.